so you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get a little bit more sleep. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in a warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Slip-In Podcast. Now, you're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important. If the only church you get is through the podcast, you're going to miss out on community, which is huge. You're going to miss out on some great music. You're going to miss out on, you know, cookies and coffee. And there's no other place in the world you can get cookies and coffee. At least not that style. So we can't give you all of that through podcasts, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers or homiletical harbingers of a brand new age. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started the podcast, so if you're away from home or if you've... Uh, moved away and you miss us we miss you too we miss you too if you're working if you're coaching your kids soccer team or maybe you're just sleeping in you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on sunday and we hope that whatever day it is you're listening to this whatever you're up to as you listen that you will receive it with an open mind and an open heart and a quick note we encourage you to think your own thoughts and if you don't agree with us on 100 percent of the things we say awesome we're cool with that Uh, This is just an invitation for you to consider what you think, and our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious, loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. Transfiguration, Chris. That's a word you use every day, right? Totally. Transfiguration. It is not the thing that you see on RuPaul's Drag Race when the guys put on the corsets. No, no, that's not true. That's not transfiguration. No, no, sorry, Chris, that's not it, no. It's not the thing where you put the shrinky dinks in the microwave and they <laughs> get really small. Well, I mean, probably if you looked at the root of the word, we could apply it in those situations. I'm like thinking like through and then shape. Yeah. Like a through shape kind of thing. Yeah. But that's not what it is. No. Okay. So transfiguration. No. Transfiguration. Susan, give us the definition. Well. According to Webster's. <laughs> no, I didn't look that up. Uh, but transfiguration in the church is a Sunday where we mark an occasion where Jesus took some of his buddies up a hill and he ended up with. And literally blew their faces off. Blew their faces off. And transformed into, you know, his clothes transformed and Elijah and Moses show up and. Like you do. Like you do. And they have a little conference call up there on this mountaintop. And then Peter says, oh, let's let's stay here forever. Or let's, let's build some things. Let's build some, what does he call them? Dwellings. Dwellings, Dwellings or, or tents. tents. Or one yeah. of the other things that I've heard him say, the translation is like at a market, like the... Like a stall. Like a stall. Like let's yeah. build three stalls. Right. And it's probably closer to like a tent that looks a like tent. a stall because I think I think it has roots in the festival of booths. Right, like the booths or like the, the altars, booths yeah. That they make that are that are Jewish tradition in the fall, a harvest festival. Anyway, they have this amazing experience at the top of a mountain and then on the way down Jesus says, Oh, by the way, keep it quiet. Yeah, yeah. Please um don't make this a big deal. Right. Until after I'm gone is usually what I'm he gone. says. Yeah. After I'm gone you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. For now I don't need the paparazzi <laughs> on my tail. Tail, right. 
Transfiguration sort of it, it, it's always the Sunday before Lent starts. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes the... I remember to preach it, and sometimes I'm distracted by something else. It's like we get all the glitz and glamour right before we go into the time yeah. of like yeah. simplicity and reflection, exactly, and repentance. Exactly. Like it's like it's like our own personal Mardi Gras. <laughs> right, right. Like here's a glimpse of where we're going. Yeah, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory. So, so I started my sermon with talking about that scene in Parenthood, the old movie with it's like an old movie. You know, it's from. Parent Trap? No, Parenthood with Steve Martin. Oh, I have not seen this one. Steve Martin, though, I should. You should. You should. Steve Martin plays this guy named Gil, and he's complaining about his how how complicated his life is. Uh Right? You know, it's just over the top. He has a young kid. He's the sandwich generation. He's taking care of parents. Anyway, and he's he's complaining about his complicated life, and Grandma wanders into the room. Seems like she's not part of the, you know, she's not part of the conversation, but she wanders into the room and she goes, you know, when I was 19, grandpa took me on a roller coaster and Gil kind of goes, huh? Like, oh, thanks for sharing grandma. Thanks for sharing grandma. And grandma says up, down, up, down. Oh, what a ride. And Gil says, what a a great story. Terrible. (laughs) Oh, what a great story. (laughs) And, uh, and then grandma says, I always wanted to go again. You know, it was so interesting to me that a ride could make me so frightened, so excited so sick, so scared, so thrilled all together. Some didn't like it. Some just, they went, they went on the merry-go-round. That just goes around. Nothing. I like the roller coaster. You get more out of it. Mm-hmm. And oh, the, the, the grandma with the little sermon in the middle of the kitchen. That's great. Yeah, right? You know, my understanding is, is that Peter, James, and John would agree with grandma. You know, you like, so? yeah, that, that I mean, I think life Peter is more was... full when you're not limited to just going around and around. I think Peter was trying to build a merry-go-round. Oh, I think so, too. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, like, you know, long picture here. But instead, we have a life that experiences the highs and the lows. Mm-hmm. Mountaintop experiences. That's where I kind of, you know, said, hey, what about a mountaintop experience? Have you ever had a mountaintop experience, Chris? What is a mountaintop so experience? So a mountaintop is experience is, is that moment where you have the, the experience of God. Sometimes it actually literally happens on a mountain. That's why it's called a mountaintop experience. Oftentimes right. camp can be a mountaintop experience for people. They come out so enthusiastic and, and invigorated and enlivened for Jesus. And then they have to do real life. Speaking of camp, just a little shout out for church camp. Our church camp is not like Jesus camp. (laughs) It really is a place where people learn to live in Christian community together. So it's not about brainwashing your children. And yeah, camp for me was definitely a mountaintop experience. My parents used to tell me that I would come home a different kid. Mm. That I would go away to camp for a week and I would age 10 years. And I, would I can come, totally see that. Chris. And I would come home and sort of be this more mature Your version person. of this kid that they dropped off a week ago. And they were just like, what happened, happened to you? you? It's like, well, there was some music and there were some hot dogs and some s'mores and some campfire songs. I don't know. Like it was just camp. But something happens when you're up there, you know, something right, changes right. you. And mountaintop experiences are often things that surprise us. Like we can't go create them. Yeah. Well, you can try and force it, but it just it ends is. up being annoying for everybody. Right. I had a senior pastor that told a story about a youth director that he worked with who would tell the kids, and everything's going to be so meaningful, and this is going to be so meaningful, and this is going to be so meaningful, and everything was going to be meaningful. And it was like he just robbed it of any meaning because he was trying to force it. Right. I sort of feel like that way about some rituals, like some traditional mm-hmm. rituals that we, that as a church that we do, and at, that certain spiritual experiences camp yeah. or weekend retreats do. Like, this is going to be the most meaningful part of the week. Well, it's like you've just robbed the rest of the week 
Right. Of any of any its ability. meaning because right. you've said, well, that's the meaningful yeah. part. I, I think my niece had that experience with Sierra Service Project because yeah. one year candle, the candle had been so meaningful for her. Ugh. And then the next year she was like, it wasn't the same. That's one like, of the ones I was thinking about. Like it, they build it up and they build it up and they build it up till it's like, oh, this is going to be. And then it's not that for everybody. Right. Right. And so then people go away thinking, well, God didn't show up for me. Okay. It's like, no, look at the rest of the week. Right. <laughs> well, and it, it also happens in Walked with Maya's Chrysalis. Candlelight. Curcio, which is what I did in college. Yeah. Um, Trace Diaz. Trace Diaz. Because like, like, okay, I've, I've always had small group bad karma until like. Bad after. karma? <laughs> I don't know what I did in a previous life in small groups. They, well, they always need to put somebody in the group who's going to steady out the person who's in the group who's going to be the distraction. So maybe that they go, Susan can handle that. <sighs> oh. Which means every time I do something like that, it's like nothing. You just need to be a little bit less mature. That's it. That's it, right? You need to be more like me. But my experience in college was I did not have the group that was like super bonded. I was like, oh God, these guys are fools. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot handle having another small group discussion with these fools. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, so, and that so, happens too. So it's, it's fascinating to me. Like there are folks in my church who, who've had these wonderful experiences and I'm so happy for them. Yeah. And then they're like, you should go. And I'm like, that's not my thing. Right, that's not how God has shown up for me, and it's okay. It's yeah. okay that I have a different experience, but I can, you know, I can recognize yours. You know, well, I like uh, just to tell a story that's in the same line. It's a little bit longer, and I apologize for that. This is your sermon, not mine. Um, one of a, the pastors in our conference went backpacking. She'd uh, been through this really oh, right, intense right. Yes, period yes. at her church, and she said, "I'm gone for two weeks, guys. Just don't. I'm not going to have a cell phone. I'm going to be out in the mountains by myself backpacking." She did part of the Pacific Crest Trail, right. And she took a satellite phone with her to call the people who were going to pick her up the day before to tell them where she was going to meet them. And that was it. So they didn't even know where they were going to be driving to, how far she was going to get, you know, 15 miles or 35 miles, who knows. Right. And she got up there and she was expecting this mountaintop experience that was going to totally refill her and refurbish her faith and all of the stuff (laughs) that she'd been through this trauma at her church. And so she, she heads out and the first two days she's get, she gets altitude sickness, which is just awful. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, but now I've settled in and now it's going to be, now it's going to be the moment. Now it's going to be when God shows up and I have this profound spiritual experience. And she like is walking and walking and walking for days and days. And she says it was like her mind got quieter as she went, but nothing came to her. Mm -hmm. Like there was, there was Mm -hmm. no input. It was just letting things go. And she was so frustrated by this. And so she, she finishes the hike. She comes home and she's incredibly disappointed right. that she didn't have this mountaintop experience. And she called her partner, who is uh, an ex-Catholic priest who lives pretty far away and teaches. And he said, no, you had a true religious experience <laughs> because religion, the word religion means re, right, to again. And mm-hmm. then lig is the same as the word for ligament. ligament yeah. So it connects things together and it... The word religion is to connect us to the world as it is and Mm. not to some mystical, expansive, sparkly version of the world that we think it should be um, and not to some kind of ether thing, but just to connect us to the world as it is. He says, so you feeling like you are part of this natural world without all of the other thoughts in the way is a true religious experience. And it just totally reframed the whole experience for her because she was expecting this kind of emotional (gasps) high. And instead, what she got was just feeling like herself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, that might be a mountaintop experience for you. Might be a mountaintop experience. Because there are are other folks in our congregations who feel left out. Because they don't have some... Because they haven't had some profound emotional experience and they think, well, there's something wrong with me or faith isn't real. 
Right. Those are the two options. And it's like, well, there's so many different ways of understanding that. Right. Well, and I think this is a perfect story to be talking about that, right? The other thing I reminded my folks is that Jesus taking a few of the disciples, all of the disciples, a few of his inner circle away, Mm -hmm. going away himself to the mountaintop as a metaphor, right? Away is not that unusual. I mean, Jesus does this, models this Mm -hmm. again and again. (laughs) So it breaks us out of our ordinary patterns. Right. There's nothing that says this day is going to be any different than yesterday. Mm. Right. Even though we're going away, that that practice happens even without expectation of, Mm -hmm. you know, the clouds opening up and the sun hitting just right and, you know, all those things that we have a picture of. But that it's important just to go off and pray. Mm. Like that that's that's what's happening here. And and of course, there will be days that are different where we where we have that aha moment. Like a runner's high. Like a runner's high. So Steve Garnis Holmes is one of my favorite writers. We we talk about him a lot. Yeah. Uh, and he ta- he's a runner. Right. And he talks about, like, I don't get a runner's high every time I go running. Mm-mm. That's still a pretty rare thing. Mm-hmm. And that our spiritual experiences are the same. Like, we don't, we're not going to get a runner's high every time. In fact, there are traditions built around getting sort of a spiritual runner's high. Mm-hmm. And what you notice is their worship services get longer and longer. Right. Because it takes, it takes longer and longer to get, get there, there. Instead of just being okay with it being what it is. Right. People are like, no, we have to force this experience. And right. so you go to some worship services that are five hours long. And, you know, and everybody's, everybody has to speak in tongues before you can leave. Otherwise it's not a spiritual experience. And it's like, or 20 minutes by myself could do the same thing. Right. So then, you know, to mark the, you know, to think about the transfiguration, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like put it in this big picture, but then let's talk about this specific experience. What I love about this, when you read the text, there's all these questions that come up for me. Like, why did Jesus and Elijah and Moses have to have this conversation (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, why like, is this the time? Why is this the time, right? Um, but Sh- what was that conversation about? Surely they had the game plan before Jesus showed up anyway. Right? And then the other question I had that, and I think this has been a question I've asked before, but how did they know it was Elijah and Moses? Like, yeah. how did Peter, James, and John know that? They had name tags. Did they have name tags? Because, you know, they didn't have the Bibles with the pretty pictures in them. There were them. no pictures. Yeah, like, this is what Moses, Moses looks a lot like Charlton Heston. I was like, like, and they hadn't seen the Ten Commandments yet. I know. It wasn't out. <laughs> right. It wasn't out. It wasn't going to be out for a few years. Yeah. You know, like, like, those kinds of things, right? Powerful experiences have powerful consequences, of course. But here we are. They, 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 they kind of take, a like, a little side trip into the mystic. Yeah. Which for Peter is a very strange thing. Yeah, because he's Cause a... He's a very practical kind of dude. Right. It's just not like shock and awe. There, yeah. You know, it's 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 the presence of, of the mystic. And then I think about Peter's reactions, because this is really about Peter's reactions in a lot of ways. The whole scripture is sort of about Peter's reactions, right? <laughs> well, Peter and Thomas and James and John. Right. And how often we get it wrong. Right. And Peter, Peter is like, I think he's like searching through his mind, what do I do in this situation? Yeah, like, what is the proper response? What is the proper response? What is, which is what we all do, right? Instead of just experiencing something, we're going, <laughs> right. how can I use this? Or how or, can I respond properly, properly to this? this? Or, how or what can is I the proper response? And be the head of the class in this moment. Right. right? <laughs> and so, and he does something that's so human. You know, he says, let's figure out how to hold, hold it. Hold on to it. Like, how can I put, like, handles on it so that this is never lost? His response is to build the tents. Right, yeah. To build buildings. And, you know, it's not outside of tradition, right? To literally put things in a box. <laughs> literally put things in a box. You know, let's build a place for this holy experience to live. Yeah. Like at Disneyland. And then you can always come back and, and it will be exactly the visit, same. Right. It's almost a little bit like, let's put up a historical marker. Yeah, totally. Except for it's not just like, this one's happened. It's like, this will happen for you every time you come here. Right. Exactly. 
And of course, this isn't what God had in mind, right? <laughs> this isn't what Jesus had in mind. Well, yeah, God's done that. Move on. Move on. I already have one of those places. Let's do the next it's thing. It's in Jerusalem. It's not working out so well for us. Let's yeah. figure out a different plan, right? Um, it's not working out so well for us. <laughs> Jerusalem, kind yeah. of a failed experiment. Well, you know, you know, I think one of the things that, that God was hoping in that experience for them is that they would they would take that with them. Well, they have to head back down the mountain. That they would head down down the mountain, right? That that this would be an experience to reflect upon and remember as a reservoir of hope mm. when things got a little harder. Yeah, but remember or that one harder. time. But remember that one time on the mountain. Maybe that can happen again. Maybe that can happen again. Or maybe God's still working because God did that that one time. Yeah. And and it seems to me in the scriptures, at least the ones I've been preaching lately, you know, this is a lot of this reminding, like, this is God's son. Yeah. Pay attention. Here we are. Pay attention. That message is not very helpful for them on the top of the mountain. Right. The message only becomes useful, helpful. The thing that Peter's looking for to do something with Mm. only happens when they go down the hill. Yeah. Come back into everyday life and meet people and problems and the hurting places. And that's immediately what happens, right? Like, Like what happens next is Jesus is asked to cast out a demon that the others couldn't cast out and people wanting more teaching and like like the world rushes back to them mm-hmm. at the bottom of the hill so you have to be a little bit charged up for uh-huh. that and you have to be charged up for that and the experience at the top of the mountains or the the rises even like sometimes i think sometimes we're looking for like a mountain when really what we get is a rise yeah where we get to see a little bit of the valley laid out below us <laughs> those big picture perspectives are allow us to see what more fully what god has in store so that we might live those everyday ordinary lives in spectacular ways yeah so yeah god constantly present like the god was present with them before they went up the mountain and at the top of the mountain and when they got back down yeah and that's that's what we need to pay attention to sometimes yeah so yeah so anyway that's where we got cool well thanks susan and thanks to you for listening to the sunday morning sleep in podcast if you have questions for us if you have stories that relate to the topics we've been discussing today you have a particularly cool tent, for example. Uh, shoot us an email. We're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. Well, I mean, but booths and tents and things, yes. dwellings. You can find us on Facebook, Sunday Morning Sleep In. You can find us at sundaymorningsleepin.com. Each blog post has links to the things that we've been talking about. Uh, maybe we'll link the Ten Commandments this time. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm listening through and editing. We'll figure out what's we'll important see what from Chris, this episode. Chris comes up with in the middle of the night. The scripture for the podcast is Mark 9, 2 through 9. And the theme music that you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So, find a mountaintop or not. Seek God in the midst. Find God where God is and join God. Amen. <laughs>